Yeah. All right. So we are at the bottom of Lamed Vavamed days, and we are beginning a new topic. We're getting off of fruits, and we're getting on to Mizonos. So you may recall that when we started the Perek, uh, Mizonos is this very odd bracha, because it's not mentioned in the Mishnah at all. And you read the Mishnayis, and the opening Mishnah said, Al Peros Ha'ilan ha, ha, Mahuomer, Al Peros Ha'aretz Mahuomer, and in there, the Mishnah, I think, even discussed, discussed HaKosheh and now it didn't, um, except that there may be exception by the only thing you don't say, Bari Priyadama, from that grows from the ground, is pass. So we pointed out, we started the parak. okay, what's missing here? So the, the, the Mbracha Bari Memezonis does not appear in the Mishnah. It does appear in Bryce's and the Tosefta. Um, and the Gemara here is going to present where that comes from. I don't see, and Marshall does not seem to be here this morning or not yet, but he's very, very curious about rice. So uh, rice is going to occupy a... Uh, rice is one of that... It kind of falls into that very, very odd category. So anyway, let's begin. It's um, about... Uh, where before the lines, the, the medium-width lines on Lamed Vav Days, it is the second-to-last uh, medium-width line with the words Chavitz Kedera. So the Gemara says, Chavitz Kedera v'chein dayasa. So dayasa usually means, and it's not oatmeal, but whatever you call it with wheat, I don't know, farina. Farina, uh, porridge. So porridge. So, so that, that would be uh, dayasa normally. And chavitz kedera, though, is something mixed in with that. And the Gemara ultimately is going to say that the dayasa referred to here, that we're about to record a dispute about its bracha, so that, that dayasa is not regular dayasa. It's not, you know, it's not like you are, I don't want to say keto porridge because it's stira definitionally, but no sugar added, no honey added, nothing fancy added, just straight dayasa. There's no machlokas about it. This is a dayasa which has got honey mixed in, it's got this mixed in, that mixed in, it's a fancy concoction. So the Gemara says the following, Chavitz Kedera v'chein dayasa, Rav Yehuda Om Amar Shea and Rav Kahana Amar Bore Mine Mizonos. So, we, I guess, would sort of expect, if it's Chavitz Kedera, if this, if this involves uh, wheat of some kind, not just some wheat or any of the grains, we would tend to think it's going to be Mizonos. But there's a lot of stuff mixed in it, so now, the, so one opinion at least, is that you make a Shahakal on it. So now the Gemara explains a little bit about the Machlokas. Bidayosa Greda, on the last uh, medium with line, Kulayam Alopligi, the very name Mizonos. If you have straight porridge, straight farina, no, uh, no question about it. You make a bar minimizonos. Ki pligi bedayasa kein chavitz kedera. You have a dayasa that's like a chavitz kedera, meaning it has drashi thing comments. It has uh, it's got honey mixed in. The Gemara will say honey, flour, oil. So that's where the argument is. In other words, we have a food that arguably it has two major ingredients. It has the stuff that provides the sustenance, the mazon, but it's not the stuff that makes it taste good. So the question is, which is the eco which determines the bracha? So that's the machlokas Rav Yehuda and Rav Kahana. Now, if you, if you are familiar with the halacha, you realize that something is a little fishier, or you know how we actually, the direction in which we're going to go. So the Gemara immediately says that, uh, first it explains, Rav Yehuda Amar Shahakal, Savar Dufsha Ikar. The honey is the primary ingredient. And the Mishnah later in the Torah is going to say, that whenever you have a food that is combined, and, and we're going to have to be very careful here, it doesn't mean, uh, I, don't, I, I don't mean something like, uh, let's say, a lemon pie. A lemon pie is interesting because it has two main ingredients, whatever's in the lemon stuff, 
and the, and the, and the pie shell, that's not a mixture. That's something else. We're going to have to talk about it. But this would be if you took lemon pie and you stirred it all up. So now it's really a, a total mixture. So that's what Chavitz Kedera and Dayasa Ke'in Chavitz Kedera are. They are mixtures. And, and the reason why this matters conceptually is that when you have, there, there is, I believe, what's, we've, we've spoken about this a little bit, Ramosha's position on raisinets. Right? Ramosha has a, Ramosha thinks that you make a shahaka on the chocolate and, a, and her eats on the raisins. But fundamentally, it's because you're talking about two different foods that are separate but together. Um, but when th- so there you can argue that maybe I make two separate brachas because it's really two separate foods I just kind of eat them at the same time but when you're dealing with a parobas a mixture when it's been blended up you can no longer say that you're dealing with two different foods you're dealing with one food and you have to label it you have to decide what is this one food you can't say oh it's chocolate and it's raisins because it's not anymore it's some hybrid of the two and you have to decide what is the primary defining characteristic of this food so, in this case, Rabbi Huda says, we have our mixture of flour and honey and oil, dubsha ikar, the honey is the primary ingredient, therefore it doesn't grow from the ground, it's made by the bees, and therefore you make a uh, shahako. Incidentally, the Gemara on Lamech Fesim and Alf is going to talk about, what about honey from dates? What bracha do you make on honey from dates? Um, but I'll keep you in suspense. Uh, so now the Gemara says, and Rav Kahana Amar Bari Mezonos, Savar Smida Ikar. He believes that the Smida, which is solace, the flour, is the primary ingredient. Amar Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says that Kivase the Rav Kahana Mistabra. It would appear that Rav Kahana's opinion is correct. The Rav Ushmuel the Amri Tarvayu, Kol Sheyeshbo Mechameshes Haminim, Mevarchan Allah Bari Mezonos. The Gemara makes reference to, and it's about to now discuss this at length. Rav and Shmuel statement, they, they're going to say, they say two things, but this is one of the two statements. They say that anything that has an, in it is an ingredient, one of the Chameshes Mine Dagon, is considered, you make a Bari Mimizonas on it. No matter the volume. No matter the volume, correct. So Lenny, you're, you're, you're picking up on a very important point, which is that generally speaking, we don't have a clear way of determining, you know, reason for, for labeling one as the primary thing. We usually follow the majority ingredient. All right, plurality becomes a little bit trickier, but probably even there, assuming if you have three separate brachos, the one with the largest volume, except for mizonos, is, flour is going to be the exception. Now, this is not always true. The Gemara is going to say, I think the Gemara that we've shown him say, I think the Gemara says it later, that if the flour is just like a thickening agent, it's not really there for the taste or, for the, or, or providing like more heft to the food, then the flour is a tossel. The flour is secondary. But if it's an ingredient because it adds flavor, because it adds caloric, you know, force to the food. So then, even though it's a minority, according to Rav and Shmuel, you make a bar in Amazonas. Two comments here before moving on. Number one, it's worth noting that Rav Kahana does not actually um, adopt Rav and Shmuel's position. Rav Kahana and Rav Yehuda, who are Talmidim of Rav and, and Shmuel, are actually arguing as to what is the primary ingredient here, it seems on the merits of the, uh, of the, uh, of the food itself. Rav and Shmuel have an overarching sort of metaposition which says that no, that flour definitionally, because of its, its, its sort of the, certainly in the, in the fertile crescent, you know, wheat and barley is, you know, if any, if any of you have read the Jared Diamond's Guns, Germs, and Steel. Um, it's a really, really interesting book, but one of the observations he makes is that what gave 
Eurasia its great advantage were a couple of cereal grains that were very high in protein, wheat and barley. That, and other, in the, in, the, in, the, in the Eastern Hemisphere, Sub-Saharan Africa, you don't have a grain that had this level of protein that could sustain the same way. So chitim and sorim, which are really all the five grains, I'll talk about that for a minute uh, in a second, really were kind of the, the, the primary source of calories in the ancient, probably, primary source of calories in the ancient Near East. So there's a reason why Rav and Shmuel say that kol shi'eshvam doesn't matter if it's not the majority, that is mazon, that's borinine mazonos. Uh, so that's, so Rav, Rav, Rav Yehuda and Rav, Rav Kahana specifically, who, who follows Rav and Shmuel, practically speaking in this case, are, he doesn't present it at least in light of Rav and Shmuel's position. Rav and Shmuel's position is a categorical one. Anytime there's flour in it as an ingredient, not just a thickener, but as a real food, Borim and Amazonas, that's a matter of volume. Whereas Rav Kahana sounds as if he's just stating in this case that in this particular case, in Chavitz Kedera, it happens to be that flour is the primary food, not the honey. Okay, it's possible that he's really coming from Rav and Shmuel's position, but it's not in his formulation the way the Gemara presents it. Rav Yosef says, Kivase Rav Kahana Mistabra, it makes sense, oh, because Rav and Shmuel happen to say any time there's flour in it, but that doesn't seem to be per se Rav Kahana's position. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, again, but I would just say that clearly Rav Yehuda doesn't hold the Rav and Shmuel's principle. That's for sure. And even Rav Kahana might not, is my point. In other words, he might just be arguing with, with, on Rav, with Rav Yehuda on the specific grounds, based upon his formulation. The way the Gemara says, Sabar, Asmida Ikar. Now, it could be that really he does, but it's not the way his formulation is presented, nor is it the way Rav Yosef doesn't say Rav Kahana holds like Rav and Shmuel. Rav Yosef says it's Mistabra that you should possibly like him because Rav and Shmuel say. The second issue, which I know it's not a good thing to talk about people, uh, I try to keep quiet about this in most contexts, Hezach Kamiyah, the Chamesh Asmine Dagan. What are the Chamesh Asmine Dagan? I'm sure I gave, I gave Shir here years ago about this. Um, one, two of the five are not disputed, chita and saora are, are wheat and barley. Um, the, classically speaking, the other three, uh, Shibola, Shor, Kusman, and Shifon, have been identified with spelt, uh, bar, spelt, rye, and oats. Now, one of those three is correct. It's not clear which is the spelt. We usually think it's Kusman is the spelt, but I think Professor Felix, uh, who's a page of whose work you saw a few weeks ago when we dealt with the caper bush, um, he, I think, I think Shifon is the one that he identifies as, as, as uh, spelt. Um, the other two identifications he claims, and I think it's almost very hard to dispute, are misidentifications. Um, rye and oats uh, would not have been grains that would have been known uh, in the ancient Near East. They, didn't, they don't grow there. Um, and they are cold, much colder climate grains, certainly rye, but I think oats also. And uh, there is a difference, however, between those two. Rye is Dagon in Halacha because the defining characteristic of Dagon in Halacha, which is pretty broadly accepted, is the presence of gluten. Gluten is the elastic protein that allows dough to leaven, to rise. Uh, anything that doesn't have gluten can ferment, uh, but it will not rise. Uh, and therefore, it's not technically also on Pesach. Uh, it can't become chametz. It also can't be used for matzah. Uh, and therefore, uh, now, 
So I say rye is not one of the grains listed there, but as far as I know, it's the only grain outside of wheat and barley and their subspecies that actually contains gluten. Rice does not, millet does not, sorghum does not, uh, maize does not. Um, it's the only one. So it would have the din of chamesh and dagen, even though it's not one of the five. So Felix lists the other two as one is a species of wheat, it's called rice wheat, and the other one is a, is a, sub, is a species of barley. Now, um, why that matters is because some people feel that they've solved a problem for people who, are, uh, who, who have to deal with celiac. What do they do on Pesach? And the answer is, ah, use oat matzah. But the problem is, definitionally speaking, any grain that's going to work for someone uh, who has celiac is definitionally not going to have gluten, and therefore definitionally not going to be something that's baldi de chimutz. Just logically, even without, without the halachic terms, if it couldn't have been chametz, it can't be matzah. Well, yeah. Well, that's right, so that, that's, that's a, probably different. Right. So, um, and, and so, I, I, one possibility that I, I don't know, I know, I know this can be done. I, I'm not. Sh- I think it's a machlokas harishonim. They don't talk about it, but whether or not it would work is if you were to strip the gluten out of wheat and then make matzah out of it. Um, the reason why I think it's a machlokas, uh, I, I somehow recall we spoke about this here, but maybe we didn't. Um, uh, it, it, the question is, when we say something that is bali de chimutz, is that species or situational? If it's a species issue, then wheat is wheat, and wheat is good for matzah. It doesn't matter how you process it. Whereas, if it has to be something that when you made it into, uh, made it into matzah, it, ha- it required shimur, it needed to have had the capacity then to turn into chametz, and you were careful about it, then once you strip the gluten out, so then it, does, it cannot become chametz in the process of making matzah, and therefore it wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be good. But oats is certainly not one of the chametz's mine dagon, uh, and it shouldn't qualify a- a- at all for any of the things that we consider that. Uh, I know that he's backtracked a little bit, but years and years ago, Shechter would make hadam on his chariots, and then he then he was mistyed a little bit about it. So he, he, sprinkled, he told me he sprinkled some wheat bran on it so he wouldn't have the shy to make misonas. So, I, as I think I told you also, when, my, when my, my, my older son, you know, did the brachos in Mariah, so he knew, he knew enough, you know, uh, to say that when they asked the question about brachos you make on Cheerios, he said misonas. Even though he didn't make, even on his Cheerios he didn't make misonas, but he knew that's the answer that they want. So, and this has ramifications for... But, he did. Uh, um, but uh, although more recently, more recently, a, a, a wonderful Talmud of mine, who is actually an alumnus of Ramaz, uh, and who's, uh, who grew up partially in the shul, so he created all sorts of tzaras, because his daughter, who was a little younger than my son, who was like eight, in her school somewhere, you know, said, you know, I just came out, I maybe it was in the brachas, that she, was, that she makes hadama on it, and this particular Rebbe, you know, was accosting him and giving him a hard time, like, how can you say that? And so on. So, like, sometimes you'd have to be quiet about it. But, uh, anyway, this has run... My, my, my kids made a problem in the class also, because the, the, the teachers all got a list from Rabbi Josh at the Brothos, and it doesn't zone us for Cheerios. But my kids, we say hadama. See, they have, to, yeah, they have to know that. So, it matters for Mizonos. It matters for, um, for Birchas HaMazon. It matters for Mats. It matters for Chalets. It matters for Chala. Um, I think that may sort of get the list. So, anyway, um, w- most of the time we're not... You know, it doesn't matter when you're talking about oatmeal. What bracha do you make? I, I, obviously, cheers and oatmeal. Um, but for the moment, we're, we're just assuming we're talking about wheat and barley. So now the Gemara quotes two statements. Gufa. First, I quote the one that was quoted earlier. Rav Shmuel da Amri Tarayu, Kol sheyeshbo mechameshasaminim, mevarachan Allah barimim mezonos. If something has in it, as an ingredient, one of the chameshasaminim, you make a mezonos. 
the Itmar Nami, it was also said, Rabu Shmuel the Amri Tavayu, Kol Shehu Mechamesha Saminim, Mevarchan Allah Bari Minim Isavos. Now, I, I, I felt maybe he's looking at that and saying, well, what's the difference between these two statements? You have to look a couple of times to see. The second statement says this is that if the thing is Chameshas Minidagan, not one of its ingredients, but the, the whole thing is, you make a Bari Minim Isavos. So some of you are probably thinking immediately to ask the Gemara's question is, well, what do you need the second statement for if you have the first statement? If, if, if it's enough to have one of these grains as one of the ingredients and that's enough to trigger Mizonos, well, of course, if the whole thing is wheat or barley, you're going to make a Mizonos. So the Gemara says, Utsricha, you need both of these. The Iashme'inan kol shehu, if you had only told me that if the, if the food is, that, that is the, what it's made of, not, not that it's one of the ingredients, but it's wheat or barley, because it is ben. It is extant. It's not blended in where you can't see it, even though you know it's there. It is the food that case you make mizonos. Aval al low. But if it were in a mixture, no, then there's nothing special about it, and you follow the general rule of the Mishnah that, uh, that whenever there's an ikar plus a tafel, a primary food, and a secondary food, so you make the bracha on the primary food, and you exempt by doing that one bracha, the secondary food. So that's why they have to tell us that, no, that that, that rule doesn't apply, generally speaking, by when grain is one of the ingredients. And then, so now you'll say, okay, so, alright, so just tell us if it's an ingredient. I would have made the following inference. Rav and Shmuel are telling us that one of the five grains mixed in as an ingredient, you make Marzonas on. One of the five grains, but not Orez Vidocham. We'll talk about what they are in a second. But, but, Aval Isa Be'ene, on the fourth line in Lam Zayim Ralph, Aval Isa Be'ene, Nema Afil Orez Vidocham, Nami Mavarach Nala Berimin Zonas, Kamash But if Orez Vidocham were Be'en, they were extant, they were not blended in where they disappeared then you might have thought that you make Mizonas on them, and that's why Kamash Malan, Rav and Shmuel, Kol Shehu Mechamesh Saminim, Hu Nemevarachan Allah Barei Minim Mizonas, Lafuke Orez Vedochan, to exclude Orez Vedochan, Da'afilu Isi Be'ene, Lo Mevarachan Allah Barei Minim Mizonas. So Rav and Shmuel are telling us that, number one, to make Mizonas, it must be made out of one of the five grains, nothing else, and, even if it's only in a mixture, you still make Mizonas, even though it's not, it's not the end. Now, what are Orez Vidochan? So I'm sure everybody here knows. So the Rashi has a different definition. Rashi says Orez is, I think, millet. That's what he says here. And Dochan, uh, he has, uh, I don't know what the other grain that Rashi is referring to. Uh, Tosos quotes a different interpretation. It's hard to assume that Tosos is not correct because Orez is generally assumed to be cognate with rice. Uh, and therefore, uh, it's almost certain, I think it's broadly accepted, that Orez is rice and Dochan is millet. So right now, and this is something we have, we're going to have to keep our eyes on, this is a bit of a long Gemara. But, uh, so we're going to have to keep our eyes out for this. Right now the Gemara has put Orez Vidochan together. And that's what we often assume. I, I think I won't be spilling, spilling the beans. I think probably most of us remember that, we ha- that rice, and I, don't, I never eat millet in my life that I'm aware of. Um, I, I, like, what is it? Uh, <laughs> sorghum and millet I've never eaten like maize, corn and you know and, and rice I, I certainly have so, uh, so we, we tend to assume Orez Vidochan has this, this very odd category which is Mizonos is the bracha before but Bar Nefashos afterwards 
it's not 100% clear that we treat Dochan that way. That's going to be a machlokas harishonim, how to read the conclusion of our Gemara. But right now, the Gemara hasn't given us, you know, obviously, you know this is not the final world. You know that Rav and Shmuel are about to get, you know, hit here because you know we don't pass them like that. But the question is, right now, the Gemara has put Oriz and Dochan together. Are they going to stay together? Now, before we um, jump in, Oh, actually, no. We'll continue here. So now, now the Gemara challenges Rav and Shmuel. And the Gemara says the following. This is on the uh, ninth line. Is that really true? The Hatanya, we have a Brysa that says the following. If they bring, bring you... Uh, and this is a very common formulation, Heviu Lafana, that you will find in the parak. Um, they bring in front of him rice bread or millet bread. You make a bracha before it and after it. And this is the, the tricky phrase, like Masa Kedera, or just like Masa Kedera. What is Masa Kedera? Masa Kedera is oatmeal. It's uh, porridge. That's what Masa Kedera is. Masa Kedera is you take grain and you stir, stir it up. Uh, and you, you, you blend it together. You often crush the grains. And this is actually a very, very important issue, Halacha Lamasa. Uh, so the Gemara says that if you have rice bread and, and, past, and, and millet bread, you make a bracha before and after, like Masa Kedera. Now, before we read on in the Gemara, I, 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 I want to make one observation. Uh, we tend to see, read things sort of um, achronologically, historically, uh, perhaps asynchronously is the better term. When we read, w- w- particularly when you learn something like this, any topic that you know something about Lahalacha, you bring to your reading, whether you realize that or not, the assumptions that you already know, the things that you know or you think you know. And you often miss things because we're just assuming, well, of course they must be assuming like us, and you don't realize that maybe this is a few stages in development. So one of the things that we may take for granted, which is a virtual rule, which is almost a total rule, this kind of one categorical exception, is that whenever you have food, you make a bracha rishona and a bracha achrona. You make both a bracha before and a bracha afterwards, as opposed to besamen, right? You heard Havdalah last night, Someone made a barmine besamim, you sniffed the besamim, did you make a bracha afterwards, a barmine fashos? No. But there are other birchos hanenen, brachos that are made on things that we, the physical pleasure that we derive for them, that you only make a bracha rishona, you don't make a bracha chrona. The one categorical exception for us, by food, where we don't make a bracha chrona, is when you don't eat enough of the food. Right? So if you have less than a shear, then you don't make a bracha chrona. Now, that's what we assume, and that is true. If you were to open up the Shulchanah, that's Halacha, if you would look at the conclusion of the Gemara. But in the Mishnayis, it's not true. In the Mishnayis, there is no Borin Fashos after stuff that we think is a Borin Fashos. You either have Birchas HaMazon, or you have Bracha Me'in Shalosh, the abridged version. The Mishnah has the Bracha of Borin Fashos, but it's not necessarily Bracha Chrona. If I'm not mistaken, later in the parak, it's a Bracha we shown on water, according to one Tana. So, it's important to realize, when you read a statement in the Brisa that says, one of the possible chidushim, one of the possible novel points here, is not that you make the same brachos necessarily as Masa Kedera, but that you do make a bracha afterwards. Now, as you would look at this, I would say, 
you know, if, if I told you I have this food, and you have no idea what food is in the box, and I tell you, you make a bracha before and after, like bread, like Rice Krispies, like an apple, you would assume the same bracha rishona achrona. What, and what I might have really been trying to tell you was that, no, that just like on an apple you make a bracha, or, 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 on, or, or on Rice Krispies, you make a bracha before and after, on this food you make a bracha before and after. It may not nece- might not necessarily be the same brachos, but that there is a bracha afterwards. So now the Gemara, so the Gemara first quotes the Bryce and says that pas orez and pas dochan, rice bread and millet bread, you make a bracha before and after, like Masa Kedera. Now, what bracha is by Masa Kedera? The Gabe Masa Kedera. Not a surprise, Tanya. We've taught, the Bryce have taught, Bitchila Mavarechala, Barinim Mizonos, so that would seem to be, be pretty clear that uh, that rice and millet that Rav and Shmuel are wrong because the Bryce says that you make a mizonos before it's, bre- it's rice bread you don't make a hamotzi and berchas and, uh, because it's not bread for the shivas haminim but it is before and al afterwards and that would seem to be very straightforward so the Gemara says no it's not a proof against Rav and Shmuel Kimase Kedera, the low Kimase Kedera. Kimase Kedera, it is like porridge, the ilu Bimase Kedera, Betchila, Boreme Mizonos, Ulu Besof Bracha Hasmein Shalosh. The ilu Hacha, so by, by Masa Kedera, you make what you would expect, Mizonos and, and, and Alamecha. The ilu Hacha, Betchila Mavarech, Olav Shakal Nehabedvaro, Ulu Besof, Borene Fashos Rabos Vechesronon Al Kalmashavar. In other words, you make a bracha before and after. Not the same bracha before and after, but just as you make a bracha before and after Masa Kedera, you also make a bracha before and after rice bread and millet bread. You would have thought you don't make a bracha afterwards. So the answer is no, you do. You say bar nefashos afterwards. Okay. Lenny, you're not, you don't look so persuaded by this. I mean, I just, look, oh, what? You don't make a bracha after. That's the part of not. Because not every food demands a bracha afterwards. I, I would argue the fact that uh, the fact that uh, bread and and uh, and hamishas uh, minedagan require a bracha chrona is because they are sustaining foods. An apple is not a sustaining food. I, you know, I I know that the the nutrients, the vitamins are actually very very important, but nonetheless, you know, it, it's uh, it doesn't provide the kind of sustenance that you will get from grain, and therefore. Yeah, you make a bracha before, because as we saw, you're not allowed to get any benefit from the world before, before acknowledging that it belongs to God. But once you've done that, it, I don't have to, you know, be so grateful afterwards, because it's not like I was so dependent on this. So this is pot, which is a sustaining food. Well, yes, but it's made out of, it might be made out of something that's not really so sustaining. Right? In other words, we can, we, you know, I, I, I heard somebody complain the other day, I forget where I was, you know, about uh, so for someone who had celiac, you know, and they got cauliflower pizza. So I've never, you know, cauliflower flour in the pizza, though. I, I don't know, but uh, the person who told me that, the, the person who was, who was not obligated to eat it because he didn't have celiac said, so uh, it's not quite the same thing. Um, okay. Not in the Mishnah. Not in the Mishnah. Um, the Gemara is going to talk about Amorah in different stages as to when they would actually make a bracha achrona on the non berchas hamazon, non bracha achasnein shalosh foods. It's going to come much later in the parak. Okay. So now the Gemara, that was try one. If you fail, try, try again. So the Gemara says, V'orez lav masa kedei rahu, 
Orez is not, is not the same thing as Masa Kedera, meaning it's not included when we talk about Masa Kedera. It's not, it, it's not subsumed within that. The Hatanya, Eluhain Masa Kedera. The following are Masa Kedera. Chilka, Targis, Zariz, Arsan, the Orez. I, I, the Bach took it out. That's why I took it out too. Uh, um, um, normally, I was prepared on this one. Normally, like I'm, I keep reminding somebody took out, but I'll tell you, there's a reason I know this, which is Rashi here points out that these first four things are basically wheat, where you break them up into multiple pieces. Where Targis is is in Chilka is two pieces. You can see the word Chalak. Targis, which I assume has something to do with try, that's my guess, but uh, is three. Zariz, here I can't make the etymologies out, four, and Arsan is five. And then Orez, and then rice. All of these things are considered Masa Kedera. So you see that rice is Masa Kedera, and if rice is Masa Kedera, you make a Mizonos before and an Alameche afterwards. Now I want to read the Gemara's answer, uh, and then uh, jump back into the, the way the Gemara describes things here. The Gemara said, Hamani Rabbi Yochanan ben Nurihi. This Tana of this Brisa who says that rice is the same thing as Masa Kedera, you make a Borimir Mizonos before and an Alamech afterwards, that's the sheet of Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. The Tanya Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri Omer, Orez min Dagonhu, the Chayoven Alchimutso Kares, the Adam Yotse Bo Yedei Chavasa Pesach. So Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri says that rice, now you notice he doesn't say Dochan. He says that rice, in this brisa, rice is one of the, is, is Dagon. Your Chayev, if you let it become Chametz on Pesach, and uh, you can use it for Matzah. The Yushalmi Sachem in the third parak cites this Machlokas, although if you look in the Mishnah, rice is not the grain Rabbi Yochanan Menuri has. I think I could be wrong. It's either in the, in the Mishnah or the Tosef and Chala, Krumis, I think. It, it's some other, it's another grain. But it's usually quoted, when we quote, when we quote this Brisa, when the, when the Bible has it, it's, it's Orez, is, is the grain they fought about. So the Yushalmi asks a very simple question. They're arguing about whether or not rice can bali de chimots or not. Vyivdakune. Do an experiment. So the Yushalmi says they did. And al ikar bidikase inon chalkin. They argued about what the results of the experiment were. Now let me explain why, what I think, what, what is going on there. Wheat and its species have a fair amount of gluten. And particularly if you strip out the bran, wheat can make a nice fluffy loaf. Whole wheat, generally speaking, uh, only can make a nice fluffy loaf of bread because they add gluten in from another source. If you go look at the, look at the Fryhofer's stone bread, you know, whole wheat bread, you'll see that the ingredients are the whole grain, wheat, and then gluten, because there's not enough, because of the weight of the bran, it won't rise as much. But wheat, in general, its species have far more gluten than any of the other species. Rye and barley have very relatively small amount of gluten. And you will never make, and again, without some artificial means, they will make something that doesn't rise that much. It, it does rise, but it's a small amount. Now, you can get any, any grain or anything with sugars in it, with starches in it, will ferment. And it will look like a little bit. It's rising also. So if you are dealing with a grain that has a small amount of gluten, it's not going to be easy without chemical analysis to be able to tell the difference between barley, which leavens, and rice, which ferments. And I suspect that that's why they weren't able to easily determine what the status of rice was. If it was a grain that had the kind of gluten that wheat had, 
there would never, it would not have been al ikar bidi kase in There would have been no machlokas as to what the experiments were. I don't. That's my assumption of what's going on there. But there is this machlokas between Rabbi Yochanan and Nuri and the Chachamim whether rice should be in that list. Let's not call it the chaneshes minyadagan. We'll call it the sheishes minyadagan. And as I point, as I observed before with rye. The Chameshes Minedagan is not a halacha lemoshe misinai. It's not a received tradition that there are five. Chazal are identifying the grains that they are familiar with that fall under the category of Dagan. Uh, and they only agree, respected five. They knew of rice, um, but Rabbi Yochan and Ben said it has the same staff come said it doesn't. Not because they had a tradition that there were five, but because they believe that rice did not leaven. It happens to be, scientifically speaking, the Chachamim were correct. Rice does not have gluten in it. It does not leaven. Unless he had a different definition. But I, I think it's pretty broadly accepted in Sakhalacha that without gluten you cannot have real chimuts. So, the Gemara here says that the way it deflects the question against Rav and Shmuel is that uh, this price is not the Rabbanon, it's Rabbi Yochanan ben And of course, Rabbi Yochanan ben not only would he say you make a Mizonos uh, before, you know, rice, uh, and and uh, afterwards, but if you made it into bread, you would make hamotzi and you would bench afterwards, and you can use it for chametz and you can use for matzah, and it becomes chametz, etc. Now, what is interesting, what catches the eyes, I think first, I don't think in Tentosis, catches Rabbeinu Yonah's eyes here, and this matters very much. Before I even talk about it, I'll ask you, do a little survey here. What bracha do you make on cholent if it's not in the middle of a meal? <laughs> That's after, not before. That's something I read, I think, Rabbi Tenders, I would say. <laughs> um, what, bracha, what bracha would you assume that you make on Sholent? I, I would assume Mizonos. I personally do make a Mizonos, because it's bar, assuming there's barley in there. Assuming there's barley in there, it, it seems to be straight Rob and Shmuel's din. So let me ask the next question. Let's say, my, I, don't know why we didn't, I know why we didn't do it this year, but my wife makes this wonderful Tubishvat meal in which she has all of the minim, all of the shivas aminim, and for barley, she makes, she actually cooks barley. She's careful to get it not to stick together. It's very good. Everything, and every one of the shivas aminim are there. Uh, wheat goes as crackers. There, we don't have like whole wheat things there. But let's say you take that barley, and that barley is, you know, each one is separate piece of barley. It's not a that mush together. What bracha do you make on that? No, no, I don't expect anybody to know because probably nobody's been at my Tubishvat meal. Um, and unless you got the recipe from wherever she got it from, so you're not uh, doing that. So I would have intuitively assumed that you make a Mizonos on it. Now, we've learned already that if you're Kose Sesachita, if you chew on a, like a piece of wheat, so you make Hoadama. That was the Gemara Dafida. But this is not Kose, this is actually cooked. I would call it Masa Kadeira. So if you turn to the back, turn to Rabbi Yona, we'll have to locate this. So, Rabbeinu Yonah is on, it should be in your editions, probably on Chavavam at Aleph, and the Dibur Hamasil is Chavitz Kedera Bechain Dayasa. Let me see yours if it shows up easily. Yes, it's a high, you have high Chavitza though? No, 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 no. Then it's the, then I, no. Um, 
This should be Chavah and Aleph. No, no, it's the right at the bottom of Chafem I'm sorry, it's the last line of Chafem And In my edition, they also had they retypes that everything. So, okay, so it's the bottom there, the bottom line of Chafem Adais. Chavitz Kedera, the Chain Dayasa, the Kain Chavitz Kedera. So, Rabbi says, Chavitz Kedera, who Maachal, Shosimi Kemach. It's made from flour, you put in a lot of honey, it becomes very thick with the, because of the honey, all the other sweet stuff. And then he says, from the fact that the Gemara says, Dayasa, which is like Chavitz Kedera, Shaminan, Shalom Yevarech al Hadayasa, Ela Kishenichtashu Hachitim, Vinidbaku. If you have, if you cook wheat, or the way I, I describe my wife cooks the barley, and each one is separate, you haven't crushed it, and, and it hasn't sticking together, if it's not that, then asedumi de chabitz kedera. It's only if it's been crushed, and it's like porridge. Avalam bishel hachitim shleimen. If you cook the wheat kernels whole, the hagarinim owned them shleimen, and they, and they still remain whole, only as if, as if you were chewing the wheat raw. That's what Rabbeinu Yonah said. Now, later, we don't have to read this one inside, Rabbeinu Yonah is going to point out that he thinks that rice is exceptional. Because the rice that we just set, this read described Chilka, Targis, Zariz, Arsan, split into two, split into three. That's all wheat. Split into four, split into five. The Orez and rice. So he wants to carve out an exception for rice and to say that rice, it actually doesn't matter. Now, in Shulchan Aruch, they, uh, they do not make that distinction. In two different, in Simon Reish Ches, in the Shulchan Aruch, in Arachayim, the Shulchan Aruch quotes this position of Rabbi Yonah. It's quoted by other Bishonim subsequently. I didn't check, but my bet is that the Ramam doesn't say any such thing, which is hard to know what he's thinking, because if it's not in the Gemara, the Ramam is usually just not going to say anything about it. Uh, and you can't always tell. Um, but that's what the Shulchan Aruch says, that if, if the grains were to remain whole, he says it by rice also, and by wheat. He tried, I don't think he talks about barley. So you do not make a misunderstanding, you make a Borei Prihadama. Then Mishnah Brewer here says that quotes two exceptions under which, no, even if it's not literally a porridge, uh, number one, he says, if it's nimohu, uh, which is, starts to be crushed or be, dis- be dissolved, or he says if the klipa was husar, was removed. Now, what's interesting about this is that what I, from what I understand, white rice and the standard barley is pearled. They actually remove the the the, the, the husk, whatever that the thing around it. So, by the Mishnah Brewer standards, that should qualify as now be considered masa kedera, and you make a mazonas on it. I do think it's clear. I've heard some people don't hold this way. That by, but I think it's clear that chulent certainly is uh, is a you know it's not that you can never find individual piece, but chulent the barley is nimoach. I don't think there's a question about it. To me, it seems obvious that you make a mazonas on a chulent. Okay. Do Svarjan say Hadama on rice, like the Shulchan Aruch? Do Svarjan say Hadama on rice? I don't know. That's a good question. Because that would be a problem with them having rice on Pesach. 
Yeah, no, no, but this is no. This, this is only material to bracha. So Svardim, Svardim have fundamentally no problem with rice, and there they, they become concerns when processing that can be mixed with other grains. But when the rice is pure, they have no. I don't think they have any issues with it. It's, in other words, whatever the bracha is going to be. In other words, the bracha may vary. You know, as you could argue that only if the rice, like a sushi rice or something that really gets mushed together, you make a mizonos. If it stands separate, uh, that uh, then you. Uh, uh, then you make hadama. I don't think that's the minute, by the way. Uh, independent of the, you know, even if, you, if I, I could be wrong and it could be out of ignorance, I've never heard, again, maybe it's just I never heard, anybody saying, well, if your rice is cooked in such a way that it doesn't glop together, uh, that for, now you make hadama on it. Rice, which is all like they, they pride themselves on the, you know, the individual grains of rice. No, no. It, what, you mean after it's cooked? Yeah. Oh, okay. I know the when they, 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 you know, for some stardom, I'm told, it may not be all stardom, like it's not a brach, they don't have rice on Pesach because they have to check every single grain. So, at like that point, you know, whatever. Uh, you don't miss it that much. Uh, so anyway, but I, I think that the min- I never heard anybody say that when you have rice, that if you have a rice that's cooked in a way that the grains are really, you know, nice and separate, uh, that you may call dama on it. Now, again, it appears to me from the Shulchan Aruch, and I don't think the Ramad disagrees, and I don't recall the Mishnah Burra quoting this Rabbi, Rabbeinu Yonah. Uh, I don't think they seem to disagree with that, but at least according to Rabbeinu Yonah, in the next iteration in our Sudya, so he says that you would, uh, that rice is exceptional. By rice, it's considered Masa Kedera, like light Masa Kedera, even though the kernel stand alone. It's only wheat that has to be crushed or dissolved in some form or fashion in order to reach the Baruch HaMizonis. Okay. Fine. Uh, it matters a lot, by the way, I like to say, if you're at a Kiddush, and you want to you wanna be able to eat at a Kiddush, so you're really supposed to have Ein Kiddush Elabamakom Suda, so I, uh, I speak of the Kiddush, let's say, uh, Shabbos day. And so, uh, in order to, if you were to go to Kiddush and you hear Kiddush, but you don't drink any of the Kiddush, and then you just have a drink and you have some herring, uh, so that's not proper because in order to eat, you have to hear Kiddush. In order to eat Kiddush, it has to be the Makom Suda for you. In order to be a Suda, we don't say it has to be bread, but it either has to be Mizonos or you have to drink wa- enough of the wine, a, a revius of the wine, and that create, that's called the makom suda. So the question is, what happens if you want to have cholent? So if the bracha is not amazonos, so then the cholent presumably doesn't count. If it is, then, then probably it should be acceptable, you know, as your uh, as your makom suda. Okay. All right. But Rav and Shmuel are not off the hook yet, and rice wouldn't qualify. That's a good question. I assume it. You know, I have to look and see. No, I know it wouldn't actually. I think the reason, I think the, the formulation is koshetan bracha charevim koma. And because rice, is, which means birchas amazon or bracha achas mein shalosh. And because of that, because of, rice doesn't ha, rice only has a bar in fashos, so I think, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that's the formulation of what's, uh, what, what the Rishonim quotes, so I think rice probably would not qualify. So there would have to be, uh, it has to be at least the barley. From, coming from a place of ignorance, I realize I, the term masikdera sounds to me like a, a process, right? What if that meant the process of turning something into a flour so that you can bake with it? So, for example, you talked about cauliflower pizza, mm-hmm. right? Maybe that cauliflower is now masikdera because it made it into a, a type of. A so, masikdera means something cooked. That's so that's its defin- That's what's definite. That's what you do with a kadeira. Is there any other term of cooking that we call masse? We're giving it a, an extra word. Yes, yes. Um, masse, it's going to be very important in our sugya or later in the sugya. Masse ilfas. 
the, the major machlokas Reshlakesh Rabbi Yochanan, let's say you take a dough, and instead of baking it on the fire, you bake it in a skillet. Let's say dry. Uh, and as you, let's, let's keep it simple. You heat up, let's say it's a cast iron pan, uh, and you heat it up, and now you, uh, you, you bake your pizza in it. Right? Or you, let me just keep it here. Bake your bread in it. So there's no fire right now. So is that bread or not? So that's a machlokas Rabbi Yochanan. I believe it's called Masi Ofas. We passed it in that case. We passed it Rabbi Yochanan. It is bread. So I, I'm pretty sure that's from Masa Ofas. So we have it. Uh, uh, Masa Kibera means something made in a pot. Masa Ofas is, is really like a frying pan. But what are you talking about without oil? Once you put oil in it, that becomes, that's not afi anymore. That's called dishel. Right? It's the difference between, I don't think such things exist. I think I told you about the Entenmann's Donuts. No. No, tell us. <laughs> I, I thought I thought that I had actually been wrong halachically speaking, but it turns I was ignorant. But I turned out I got lucky. Um, uh, years ago in yeshiva, and either I don't think things have changed, but there was it must have been a mistaken report. So a, 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 a uh, you know guys were talking about how a certain rebbe had said that if you're if you're careful about not eating pas paltar, commercially baked non-Jewish bread. During the Aserasi Mechuba, there was such a, a minag, not between Rosh Hashem and Kippur, even if we eat it year round, right? You can't eat a private, we learned in Masechs of Adazar, you cannot eat Pas Akum, you cannot eat a private Balabas's bread if they're not Jewish, but, but commercially baked bread we allow, but some are, have a minag not to do it during the Aserasi Mechuba. So someone was saying that, ah, so that's a problem if you're getting Entenmann's donuts if you're during the Aserasi Mechuba, because Entenmann's donuts are baked. So I just worked with that assumption for years. And I realized at the time, my faith was when I was a graduate student at NYU, and, and I, would, uh, I was doing late court, one, you know, uh, uh, during a time you had to do, I don't know if they still do, you had to do German and French. Not that I know them, but you had to take language exams. So I, I would stay late, like one evening, and go to Deutsche House, you know, which is like a cultural center, and there were classes in German. And so sometimes I was too lazy to stop in the kosher cafe. So I just stopped in a bodega, grabbed a box of Entenmann's donuts. I didn't eat the whole thing, but I got close. Uh, and I just made a bazaar salamachia. And then I thought after hearing this, oh, it's possible the I should have uh, washed on it if I'm going to make my meal out of it. And only recently, when I decided to revisit this in the last few months, you know, I typed into Google, which probably didn't exist when I was doing at NYU. Uh, I typed into Google, how do you make, how Entenmann's donuts made? And you can see a nice, beautiful two-minute video. So they're not, they're, they're uh, fried. They're fried like every other donut. In other words, so as disgusting as the thought is to me now, um, uh, but you, you, can, you could gorge, if you want to eat, you want to make a meal out of Oreos, you have to wash and bench. You want to make a meal out of donuts, why? Because donuts are fried, and once it's fried, it doesn't have the din of lachem to this bracha. So I, I highly advise against, you know, you know uh, uh, there are only a couple of younger members in this crowd that I highly advise against, the, even, even for the younger members. But, uh, but if that's what you decided to do, so yes, even Entenmann's donuts are actually fried. So, okay. What's that? They go, they, they, we will talk about it. We will get to all this stuff, but the pashta says it's explicit in Shulchan Aruch. The bagels are boiled and then they are baked. The Shulchan Aruch says explicitly, it's, it's, it's lachem yimei kamotzi. Um, I don't know. I, I've heard, you know, you know there, there's, there's a... There's a story that's told about Rav Lichtenstein's being on a plane, and he had some Mizonos rolls, and um, and uh, he wanted to get out and wash. And the steward said to him, "You know, you know, you know, you don't have to wash on these. You just ask the senior man to go with a long beard." Okay. Uh, so uh, anyway, so bottom line, 
the bottom line is that uh, um, however, however we got here, donuts you can eat as much as you like and, uh, and not have to wash on them, yes. Rabbi, so for um, people with celiac or gluten intolerance, wouldn't it be best to make matzahs out of rice? you hold from Rabbi Yochanan Nuri, at least so, you have somebody uh, to so, hold on to. So I would say, except for I would say Mimanavshach. Right? It doesn't matter. If Rabbi Yochanan Nuri were... If you're Sephardi and you're... No, no, by the, by the, the, by the way, if, if, listen, I've had cases. If you have an Ashkenazi with our serious dietary issues, not for matzah, um, we, we will be naked on kidneyos under, under those circumstances, when it's really hard for them to get any food where, where, where it's not kidneyos, but they can't tolerate gluten or anything like that. Um, but I would say Mimanavshach. It doesn't... In other words... Right. If, if they could tolerate it definitionally, then it shouldn't work. Right. In other words, what makes the hummets and matzah is the exact same thing that gives them the problem. So what I tell people in this situation is use oat matzah and answer amen to the balabayas' bracha. If you made hamotzi on, the oat, on oat matzah, on, on, on pasah or pasdochen, it's not the end of the world. I think you're yotze to the yefed. But I wouldn't make the bracha balachilas matzah, because that I think would be a bracha balachilas. But I think it's important, emotionally, psychologically, people being involved, so have oat matzah, and answer amen to the balabayas' bracha, that's all. And the same thing for, during the year for bread. I think on sh- the rest of the year, there's no, they, you know, yeah, yes. I mean, they're better someone else's prophet's emotion, but unless you're not so worried. The problem is, you know, people, I know people who are, who have an intolerance that don't have celiac, I know people who will have Lela Seder. Lela Seder, they'll eat wheat because really that's, you know, year-round they, they, use, they use oat bread. Um, but but Lela Seder is really the issue because they are, they are the stakes are higher than it. So, but if someone really... You know, Marshall's not here, but I know he knows a fair amount about this, and he knows of cases that are very severe. There are people I know who would who would tolerate a kazayas and eat it. You know, and I would tell people, not a chazanish kazayas, not five kazayasim, one kazayas, you know, uh, maybe both nights, and, and, and be done with it. Okay. Does kidneyot at all stem for, from a chashash of Rav Yochamanuri? And I have to remember, I keep talking There are two possible origins for kidneyos. One of them, no, I don't think so. One of them is, I mean, by the way, you'll note the odd thing about kidneys is we're more machne on kidneys than things that can become hummus. Right. right? You're allowed to eat wheat on Pesach. There are many poskim in Israel today who tell people that if, you're, if the kidneys are, are not brought to, like you can make rice matzah, because if it's not, you okay. should be more machne on the kidneys than you are on the actual. My, 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 my joke, but I don't know, people get very hung up about kidneys, and I, I, I sort of understand, and I jokingly say that when the main, when the minute of kidneys if it finally disappears, and it may because of Israel, because the smart of Ashkenaz, no blending. I said, when the date really is passed, and it's mutter, I might make the bracha on the minog baracha makom shaharago. But until then, I observe kitneos, because that's minog Ashkenaz. Um, so, uh, what's that? Explain the bracha. Baracha, it's not. Baracha It's uh, found in the Gemara. Blessed is God who killed him. There was some story, whatever it was, so, about the minog. Um, I, the two reasons I think that that are that are presented when it's discussed in Hilchos Pesach are a anything that looks like it's, there is a Gemara in the third uh, third or second or third parak of Pesachim I forget where it sounds like it, it, it's something that could be confused with wheat flour um, so that was one supposed origin of kidneys and the other is that certain foods were grown together so there was cross contamination I believe that those are the two reasons that are, are usually offered okay so. We're just going to get now to the clincher. So on the third try, the Gemara is going to get Rav and Shmuel. The Gemara says, Aval Rabbanon lo, v'Rabbanon lo, you're telling me the Rabbanon wouldn't say make a mezonus on bread? V'Hatanya, ha-kosi se-sachita, mevarech alea bare pri If you chew 
uh, wheat, raw wheat, you make a bracha bari prihadama. Tichana, afa, if you grind it up, then you bake it, and then ubeshala, but then you cook it. Bisman shehaprusos kayamos, when the pieces of bread are still extant, and this is a big issue, what does that mean? How do you define that? Then, but, but let's assume that the pieces of bread are still there. In some form or fashion, we recognize them as bread. No surprise there. If the bread is still not intact, not extant as bread, then, as you would expect, like Rabbi Shmuel, there is flour in here, actually there was bread once upon a time, so you make a mezonos, you make an alamechia. So far, so good. Hakoses es haorez, one who chews rice raw, okay. Tchanau, afao ubishalo, if you grind it up, and then you bake it into bread, and then you cook it, afal pisha haprusos kayamos, betchila mevarech alav mezonos, even though the pieces of bread are still extant, meaning it's still, you still see the rice bread, you make a mezonos before, lebesof mevarech alav shalosh. You could probably already figure out where the Gemara is going without reading the next line. This Tana says that no matter what, you don't treat rice bread as bread and make hamotzi on it. So whose opinion is this not? Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri. Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri, it, the, the din of Orez and the din of Chita, of rice and wheat, should be identical. If the prusos, if the pieces of bread are still visible extant, hamotzi. If they're not, mizonos. But by rice, either way it's mizonos. So this can't be Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri's opinion. Somebody else is talking, and they are saying that you make mizonos on rice. So the Gemara says, mani, who is the author of this b'risa? Ilema, Rabbi Yochanan ben If you want to say, oh, you want to deflect the question again, oh, it's just Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. To Amar Oris ben Daganhu, Hamotzi min halechem in Aretz, Yishalosh brachos, Bai Baruchei. Then you have to make Hamotzi and Berchas Hamazon. If it's if the pieces of rice bread are still extant, it's just like wheat bread. El alav, it must be Rabbanan he. The author of this b'risa must be Rabbanan, and they say that on rice. You make mizonos when it's cooked. Tiyufta, the Rav, Ushmuel, Tiyufta. Rav and Shmuel's position, not in its entirety, but in their exclusion of rice from their listing of the brachos, their position is rejected. So which means, bottom line, if you were to stop here, and I knew you'll be in suspense till next week, but from this b'risa it sounds like, yeah, we make mizonos on rice, but there's something else that you do which we don't do, that the b'risa says, we don't make an alamechia afterwards. So the Gemara is now going to turn, the next part of the Gemara's discussion is going to turn, what do you do with the bracha afterwards, who is this? It's going to even get to my, what is my all-time favorite tosis in Shas, which is the bottom tosis on the page. If you're curious, you can look at it. It's really a secondary, a secondary to what we have here, uh, but I call it the infinite loop of, of Birchas Hamazon according to Rabban Gamliel. So if curiosity gets the better part of you, you'll look at it during the week. Otherwise, we'll hopefully talk about it next week, but the Gemara is going to go on to discuss what is the what is the actual bracha afterwards? And ultimately, it's going to after a few uh, um, tries that fail to resolve who the author is, the Gemara is going to amend the brisa to say, "Acharav mevarachalav v'lo You don't make any bracha, which we will say means bar but it means you don't make a bracha samazon, you don't make an alha mechia. Okay. Any questions, Larry? Yeah,
and and the Gemara uses the word Bechesvanan. The Nemeshin and Nemeshin at the end of words is, is immaterial. It doesn't really matter. <coughs> yes. Uh, but the reason, Ron, the reason I say that is because you will occasionally find in Tanakh there are words, and the Mishnah points out that where, where, the, where this Nem is just, or Nun, is missing. Uh, one of the classic cases, Hashosim the Mizrakei Yayin. It doesn't mean they drink in, in, uh, in um, pots made of wine. Hashosim the Mizrakim. Yeah, there are any number of examples where that mem just isn't there, but it's not a nismach. It's not, you know, attached to the next word, um, but, it's a, but it just lacks that, that mem or the nun at the end. So. Did you rabbi? One second, one second. Rabbi, rabbi Freeman, hold on. Dr. Schwartz? No, the nusch of the bracha is a kamashat bara, so you can't prove anything from the printed text of the Gemara. Um, you know, I don't know if I've ever given Shira on this topic, but there are occasions that the Gemara quotes a Pasuk which appears to be different than we have in Tanakh. And the Rishonim talk about this. But the only time you have to grapple with that is when it's clear from the Gemara's discussion what the text that it had in it. Um, if all you see is the printed word, printers were sloppy, scribes were sloppy. So I wouldn't prove anything from the printed text in that regard. Um, so, so, so whatever, whatever your nusach al-bracha is, it, this doesn't mean anything here. The fact that it's printed that way, you know, again, if the Gemara made a comment and was darshaning something out the word, then you would know. If you're interested in this tosos, the, 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 the center point of this discussion in Shas is Shabbos, Dr. and Hamad Beis. It's probably the longest deal in Hashas and Kibager in Shas, collecting these examples. You had it uh, yesterday's Kriya Satara. Um, for, I was tell my students when I used to teach this in the Church of Bible, I would say, when I learned this Rashi as a 15-year-old on my own, I didn't, underst- I didn't understand Rashi, and I didn't have a box to put it in. Rashi on, on the words, Eis kol asher atzav in Yisrael, uh, in uh, Sheni, Rashi says it's an extra vav like the Eilav and Eitzavon ana. And I'm looking at Rashi, what's he talking about? I didn't even look at the Dibar Maska where he writes, Ve'eis kol asher atzav Yisrael, Rashi, Chizkuni, Ibn Ezra, all have in their Sifrei Torah, that vav. Kibager mentions this as an example, and this one of the one of the many examples he collects. When I was fifteen, I didn't even have a box to put this in. The possibility, oh, the Gemara's nusach might have been a little different. I don't know. You have such a category, um, but th- but that's only because Rashi makes a comment about the vav, or the Gemara makes a comment about a particular word. It's spelling of whether it's spelled malday v'chaser, plenay versus defective. Right. Only when the Gemara says that did you know that what text they had in front of them. So I would not make anything out of the nusach of the Shabbat. Rabbi Friedman. Yeah, uh, I just uh, wanted to get clear about oats. The bracha on oats. Yet oat, I'm going to have oatmeal for breakfast. Ask your local Orthodox rabbi. <laughs> I th- look, the, the broad spread practice for most people to make mizonos on it. I don't make mizonos if I were having oatmeal. I would be making a very priha dama. So that, that, that is... Okay. okay. And, and, and the person who had...